you're tuned in to the Eye on Global Politics radio show. Coming at you live from the heart of Oregon's Willamette Valley. Broadcasting around the world on eyeonglobalpolitics.com. Here's your host for the next hour, Dr. Paul F.J. Aranyas. And good afternoon. It is Friday, Friday, uh, September 8, 2023. The year is moving on quickly. I had planned some things I wanted to talk about, some subjects I wanted to talk about, and I came across a story, something just 20 minutes before going on air, and I gotta cover that because it's just mind-boggling. When you hear this, you are gonna be just baffled, baffled. So I came across this story on, actually on, on Twitter, now called X. And it's the Pentagon spokeswoman, Sabrina. Her name is Sabrina Singh. And she's talking about the delivery of depleted uranium to Ukraine. And a reporter asks her about Russia's concerns about the health consequences, a cancer-causing, uh, a known carcinogen, cancer-causing agent, radiation, obviously depleted uranium. And she responds. And first of all, I had to check, you know, because I... I listened to her response on Twitter. It was about a 35-second clip. And I had to go check the Pentagon, obviously go check the Pentagon transcript. And check YouTube, and then check the Pentagon transcript. And sure enough, word for word, there was no deep fake or some kind of fake. I mean, everything looked legit. But I had to check it because the words coming out of her mouth are just unbelievable. Not surprising. And not surprising, but unbelievable. Just unbelievable. So let me play for you that clip from Sabrina Singh in the Pentagon's briefing yesterday. I believe this was yesterday afternoon in the Pentagon. On the depleted uranium rounds that were announced, um, the Kremlin criticized, has now criticized it as a bad move, discussing the cancer-causing nature of, of the product, a criticism that others have brought up, obviously, in the past. What is your response to people who are greatly concerned about that aspect of this weapon? Yeah. And secondly, can you address what the U.S. thinks is uh, the benefit that these rounds will bring and how soon will they be uh, on the battlefield? Sure. So on the first question, um, in terms of uh, the health impacts of the depleted, depleted uranium rounds, um, I would push back on the assertion from um, Russian officials. Here, the CDC has stated that there is no evidence that the uh, depleted uranium rounds cause cancer. The World Health Organization reports that there has been no increase of leukemia or other cancers um, and that have been established following any exposure to uranium or DU. And even the IAEA has stated unequivocally that there is no proven link between DU exposure and increases in cancers or significant health or environmental impacts. So I would push back on that. Um, in terms of your second question, these are anti-tank uh, rounds. They're meant to pierce um, uh, tanks and they're meant to be used, they will be used very effectively on the battlefield. These are standard issued Rounds. These are what um, these Abrams tanks will use, and um, many militaries across the world use depleted uranium in their tanks. So we feel that these will be the most effective um, 
rounds to counter <coughs> Russian tanks and will help um, continue, will help the Ukrainians to defend their the battlefield, uh, to defend their territory. And how soon? Um, so I can't, I, I would let the Ukrainians announce when these, um, when the rounds will arrive. We've said pretty publicly that we expect the tanks to be arriving in Ukraine sometime in the fall, but I just don't have more specifics to offer. I'd refer you to the Ukrainians to, to announce when they actually arrive. But the goal is to have the rounds there specifically in time for when the tanks arrive. Is that accurate? That's the goal, yes. That's Sabrina Singh from the Pentagon being paid to give uh, lies, her- erroneous information, just uh, pure lies. What would people, well, people on Twitter under that post were going absolutely uh, nuts on this statement. Uh, let me get this straight, Henry Thoreau says. The Pentagon and CDC are claiming that radiation does not cause cancer. This explains a lot, unfortunately, not in a way they had hoped. Combat says just outright nonstop barefaced lies, and they wonder why people don't trust the government. Someone else says sick. Annie and brewed coffee says U.S. government full of liars. Uh, it goes on and on, but right now I want to play for you a clip from ten years ago. A 10 years ago from Australian television, Channel 10, covering the uh, impact of depleted uranium. Well, tonight's late news special report is about an Australian woman who has spent the past two days walking the corridors of power to educate politicians in Canberra about what she believes are the horrific effects of exposure to depleted uranium. The US military has been using the chemical since the Gulf War. The international community will soon vote at the United Nations, urging more transparency on the use of depleted uranium weapons. Australia plans to abstain on that vote, but Donna Mulhern wants to change all that. In a moment, I'll be speaking to her, but first, Leah Craven has her story. And a warning, there are some distressing images in this report. Is this the toxic legacy of the Iraq war? Parents bury their fourth child. Two were still born, two died soon after birth. This is life in the city of Fallujah, where doctors report an unprecedented surge in birth defects. They blame a chemical used by the US military, depleted uranium. So there is contamination. One round of depleted uranium can pierce a tank's thick armour, leaving only a burned-out shell. Australian peace activist Donna Mulhern was in Iraq when the war began as a human shield. On three subsequent trips, she has documented the increase in infant mortality, congenital birth defects, leukaemia and cancer. Today we have a little baby girl who was born just one hour ago and she has um, birth defects connected with her spine, neuro defects. She also has an enlarged skull. Helpless parents camp out in hospital. That's the face of a woman watching her baby die. Most of the photos Donna took of babies in Fallujah City Hospital are too shocking to broadcast. But for paediatrician Dr Samira Alani, it's her daily reality. I have recorded 30 cases. In one month? In one month. The US military acknowledges that it has used depleted uranium in Iraq. 
This statement from 2003 boasts that a depleted uranium round had penetrated directly through a sand dune to demolish a tank hiding behind it. At the same time, a US defence health official said, There is no substantial evidence to suggest that depleted uranium is the source of any particular illness from the Gulf War. Australia's Foreign Minister Bob Carr says the government pays close attention to studies but points out there aren't definitive links between health effects and exposure to the chemical. If there's no link, what caused this? The difference between the figures before 2004 and after have changed dramatically. Donna's on the warpath to increase awareness and hopes her personal experience will make an impact. She's lobbying the Australian government to vote for greater transparency about the use of depleted uranium at the United Nations later this month. For more on this, I'm joined now from Canberra by peace activist and author Donna Mulhern, who is leading the campaign in Australia for a vote against the use of depleted uranium weapons. Donna, thanks for joining us. Look, you were among several Australian human shields to visit Iraq when the war began, and you've since spent a great deal of time on the ground there. Just how significant is the birth deformity crisis in Iraq? I'd say it's extremely significant. We've got examples uh, where in, in some communities we're seeing up to 30 um, cases every month of very severe birth deformities. Uh, an example is the city of Fallujah. So 30 a month is one to two a day. That's 700 in a year. That's almost one third of all births. There's also a very high level of women miscarrying and a very high level of women um, giving birth to babies who are still born. But Donna, what evidence is there, is the evidence there, to suggest that these birth deformities are being caused by the use of depleted uranium? Well, certainly the, we have evidence of the use of depleted uranium in certain areas in Iraq, such as in Baghdad in 2003 and four. and there's been more than 400,000 kilograms of depleted uranium dispersed throughout these communities. It's also alleged that depleted uranium was used in the uh, attacks in the city of Fallujah in 2004. A researcher found that the health problems in Fallujah connected with uranium are even more severe uh, than... Hiroshima and Nagasaki after the atomic weapons were dropped there. You've spent a great deal of time in the hospitals in Fallujah, as you've mentioned, west of Baghdad. The misery that you see, Donna, in the eyes of the children in those hospitals, I would imagine would be something that will be very, very difficult to ever leave behind. It's heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking, especially when the women look at you and... Uh, seem to want some kind of answer or solution. And the, the advice to the women of Fallujah from the head gynaecologist at the moment, the official medical recommendation is just stop, as in don't fall pregnant, because it's likely you won't give birth to a healthy child. So that's devastating for many women to hear. And what they're saying is, well, wait till there's a solution, and when a solution comes, things will get better. Of course, because we're talking about uranium, there is no solution. This is a sentence on this community that's going to last about half a billion years, and that is heartbreaking. There's nothing sadder than the face of a woman watching her baby die. And I saw many of those faces recently when I was in Fallujah. When the tanks and the guns are packed up and the armies go home, they've left a legacy. And it's a toxic, radioactive legacy that these communities have to then live with. Good luck with the campaign. Donna Mulhern, thank you. That's Channel 10. 
Australia. The heartbreaking message of that report, and there are many other reports like it, and what the Pentagon just said, that's evil. That is evil. I'm sorry. You, you want to classify evil. There it is. They're creating a proxy war, prolonging a proxy war and sending radioactive depleted uranium and denying the health effects. When I have before me medical journals right here, medical journals and articles detailing the cancer and birth defects that skyrocketed after the U.S. and it's a big bad Air Force dropped or Army shot depleted uranium at innocent people in Fallujah. I'm American, but I'm sorry. I mean, this is, there's, the, I'm a citizen of heaven, a citizen of God before my national nationality, my passport. And I have all kinds of medical journals right here. Environmental pollution by depleted uranium in Iraq with special reference to Mosul and possible effects on cancer and birth defect rates. Abstract, DU, depleted uranium is a known carcinogenic agent. About 1,200 tons of ammunition were dropped on Iraq during the Gulf Wars of 91 and 2003. As a result, contamination occurred in more than 350 sites in Iraq. Currently, Iraqis are facing about 140,000 cases of cancer with 7,000 to 8,000 new ones registered each year. In Baghdad, cancer incidences per 100,000 population have increased, just as they have also increased in Basra. The overall incidence of breast and lung cancer, leukemia, and lymphoma has doubled, even tripled. The situation in Mosul City is similar to other regions. Before the Gulf Wars, Mosul had a higher cancer rate, but the rate of cancer has further increased since the Gulf Wars. I mean, we can go on and on. What the Pentagon has said is a lie, and I wrote an article not too uh, long ago, and you can find it on uh, our blog at ionglobalpolitics.com slash blog. And scroll down and find it, uh, the mail-order bride situation when it comes to the relationship between Washington and Kiev and Ukraine and this government, this extremist government that keeps on demanding more and more. Now it's pointing fingers at the Pope, pointing fingers at the Pope as as pro-Russian just because the Pope spoke to Catholics, Catholic Russians, and said, be proud of your Russian heritage. And they couldn't take it in Kiev because they're so anti-Russian so russophobic in that regime that they had to start lambasting the Pope and calling him names. What's not to be proud about Russian uh, heritage? Tolstoy, Dostoevsky, Tchaikovsky, on and on and on. Art, saints, literature, music, great medical advances. And you're telling me these people in Kiev are victims? The Ukrainian people are victims because they're victims of their own government that created this mess. And this war, which I said war is wrong from the beginning, it's, it's always a tragedy. It's always to be condemned. But if you want to prevent war, you have to look at the root causes of war. And this government, this government, the U.S. government, Republican or Democrat, which has instigated this war going back to 2014 and armed these extremists, instigated and created this war. And now they're sending cluster munitions, depleted uranium, and denying the effects of the very depleted uranium that they dropped on Iraqis. Why don't they admit that it causes cancer when there's so much evidence? Just like they won't admit that Ukraine has a Nazi problem when there is so much evidence. 
talk about fake news. Talk about fake news. Fake news is not a Republican or a Democrat thing. When it comes to foreign policy, fake news isn't an American thing. And the Western Europeans just go along with it. They do the same thing because they're vassal states. The governments of Western Europe and Eastern Europe, forget about it. Not even worth discussing. Here I have all these medical journals in front of me detailing the suffering at the hands of the uh, U.S. employed depleted uranium. Not only uh, depleted uranium in Iraq, but they used it in Kosovo. And there are problems with cancer there because of that. And other places. The U.S. dropped Agent Orange on its own troops in Vietnam. People in Vietnam are still being born with birth defects, three legs and, and deformed babies, still to this day because of what the U.S. military did in that country. You, um, you have to have some kind of sick mentality to, to go along with this line, this continued line of, of Washington and its warmongering, whether it's a direct war or an indirect war. That's all they're doing is warmongering. You think this is some kind of noble cause in Ukraine? Some kind of a noble cause where one side is just peaceful sitting by in cafes while some major army came and rolled on them. That war had been going on for eight years. 15,000 people had died. And the West wanted no part in a real solution. According to Merkel and, as you all know, according to Merkel and Holland, they were just stalling so Ukraine could arm up more. And this all to the detriment of the Ukrainian people. And if Ukrainians are out there and... And according to our, our analytics, we have people listening in Ukraine. If Ukrainians are out there, I mean, you're being duped by your government. I mean, you know it. Everybody knows it. It's just that there's no freedom of speech out there. Try speaking out against the Ukrainian government in Ukraine today. You'll end up in a dungeon. There's no freedom of press. There's no freedom, uh, political freedom. Political parties banned, media banned, clergy being jailed, people, kids, uh, elderly, old people being picked up off the street for military service, dragged away, corruption. And is it any surprise? This is the same government, the U.S. government that supported the apartheid regime in South Africa, that supported Pinochet, that supported the Contras, that supported all kinds of right-wing Juntas and right-wing death squads to to massacre people in the name of U.S. business interests, a.k.a. quote-unquote fighting communism. And here you have Blinken, Secretary of State Antony Blinken, going to Kiev and giving him another billion dollars on Wednesday. Another billion dollars on Wednesday of USAID. Blank check, like I said, mail-order bride. What Kiev says they want, they get. This man, this, this head of state shows up in Washington with the cargo pants and a t-shirt, dressed like an eight-year-old, and asks for this weapon system, that, that weapon system, this amount of money, and yes, 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 yes. Meanwhile, and, and, and this is, this is going to really illustrate it for you. Meanwhile, if you look at the Los Angeles Times yesterday, you have on page one, front and center, in Mississippi, poverty but not homelessness. Okay? They're comparing the greater Jackson uh, Jackson County, Jackson, Mississippi, 
to Los Angeles, which the homeless rate is off the chart. Greater Los Angeles, this year they did a survey with 75,000 plus people registered as homeless, and that's probably not counting all of them. Within the city itself, I think they say it's 55,000 people estimated to be living on the streets and outside of shelters. Nonetheless, jarring, the LA Times says. But apparently in Jackson, Mississippi, they've done a better job of putting people into cheap housing. Shanty shacks, I guess, just cheap housing. But the LA Times says Jackson has plenty of other problems, although they do have a homeless issue still, but it's not like Los Angeles. They've been able to house people in in cheap dwellings. But Jackson has the highest homicide rate. Many people are afraid to drink the water, a reflection of the crumbling infrastructure resulting from decades of institutional racism and neglect. Drug overdose deaths occur here at roughly the same rate as in California. And some advocates believe addiction is behind a recent uptick in youth homelessness here. People are afraid to drink the water. They're afraid to drink the water, one of the highest homicide rates, drug addiction. You have this all over the country with homelessness. And if it's not homelessness, which is still homelessness in Jackson County, then it's crumbling infrastructure and people are afraid to drink the the water. So at the one hand, this article is saying, hey, they're doing a little bit better job putting people in shanty shacks or cheap dwellings in, in Jackson, Mississippi, but oh, they're afraid to drink the water. Meanwhile, Los Angeles is just littered with 75,000 people that are sleeping out on the sidewalks or in tents. That's front page on the LA Times. Page three, actually on the paper copy, if you flip it over, just flip it over one page and you get Blinken pushes for continued support of Ukraine. What a contrast. You got people that are afraid to drink the water and massive amounts of homelessness Drug addiction problems, youth homeless, homeless issues all over the country. And on the next page, Blinken pushes for continued support of Ukraine. Down further in the article, Blinken on Wednesday announced a $1 billion package in new U.S. aid, which he said would include training in the U.S. for Ukrainian pilots in the use of F-16 fighter jets. Several European members of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization are promising to donate their fighter jets to Ukraine after receiving Washington's permission to do so. There's different figures on the amount. I stick with the over $200 billion so far in financial aid and subsidies and weapons, military aid. Some people put it 100 something. Here they're detailing in the LA Times a $43 billion in dispersed and probably just on weapons alone. It's a lot of money, and they're not making the link between page one, where people can't drink their water, and page three, where people are giving their tax dollars to fund a proxy war, sending depleted uranium and cluster munitions because... Somebody in the White House and the State Department and the Pentagon don't want to admit that the only way to peace is to sit down and negotiate and to tell Kiev to put down its arms and negotiate. Because this war, you can have all the pipe dreams in the world and say, oh, well, they're going to roll over Crimea, which historically has been Russian. But it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You have a... What? What has it been? Three, four months? When did this counteroffensive even start? 
And they're claiming now they're taking some little tiny minuscule villages. There's three belts of Russian defenses. There's no way on earth that Ukraine is going anywhere. You could put U.S. troops in there and start World War III. Ukraine is not going anywhere in this war. And the solution is ceasefire and peace negotiations. Ceasefire and peace negotiations. Why on earth? And and the generals in the Pentagon know this. Shame on them. They know this. If they have any strategic sense about them, they know there is no way that Ukraine is going to prevail on the battlefield. Shame on them doing the, the corporate bidding. Shame on the generals in the Pentagon and doing the corporate bidding of the weapons industry to make money. There is no way on earth. It's fantasy land. I said that last year and it's coming to fruition now. It's coming to fruition now. And whatever strategy Russia has decided to do, whether it to just let Ukraine defeat itself by trying to uh, ram into three belts of defenses and take astronomical amounts of casualties for no reason whatsoever, or if Russia decided to roll on them and just pound Ukraine in, into submission, then whichever way it is, it's going to end poorly for Ukraine in the end. This government in Kiev is going to collapse. This government in Ukraine shouldn't be there anyway. It's an extremist government. But shame on the, the generals in, in the Pentagon. They know better. They know better. I hope so. I'd hope so. Go to schooling in West Point or wherever, and they can't read the writing on the wall? With strategic studies, they can't read the writing on the wall? What are these generals in, in the government, in the Pentagon, are they listening to Ukrainian keyboard warriors on Twitter? Is that, was that what they're getting their strategy? No, they're getting their walking papers from, from the military-industrial complex. They're getting their walking papers there. They should get their walking papers. They're getting their marching orders from the military-industrial complex. Let me play another clip from Al Jazeera on the depleted uranium. This this depleted uranium story got me all hepped up today, got me all fired up today. I'm always fired up for justice, for righteous indignation. But this is really, like I said, not surprising, but really jarring to hear it once again, the, the complete outright lies of the... Pentagon spokesperson. When Zahra Muhammad got married five years ago, she thought she would live peacefully among her family, but her dreams have been shattered by cancer. Three months ago, this young mother was diagnosed with lung cancer. With no family history of the disease, cancer is a stranger in her home. This is our life, and this is our environment. All have been polluted by the war. I am 23 and I have cancer, though I am the only one to be infected in my family history. I wish I could become better for the sake of my children. If I die, who is going to take care of my children? This is only one example out of 9,000 new cases of cancer recorded by local health authorities in Babel province in southern Iraq. According to the head of cancer center in the province, Dr. Sharif Al-Alwachi, cancer has been escalating over the past six years at an alarming rate. Like many Iraqi doctors, he thinks the use of depleted uranium in Iraq during and following the U.S.-led war in 2003 is to blame. 
The environment could be contaminated by chemical weapons and depleted uranium from the aftermath of the war on Iraq. The air, soil and the deserts are all polluted by these weapons, and as they come into contact with human beings, they become poisonous. This is new to our region. People are suffering here. The government, the WHO and the UN seem silent about it. They should come and look into this as a matter of urgency and provide solutions. The US and UK militaries have sent mixed signals about the effects of depleted uranium. But Iraqi researchers believe the radiation from these weapons is responsible for a serious increase in cancer and birth defects. Abdul Haq al-Ani has been researching the effects of radiation from depleted uranium on Iraqi civilians since 1991. So how can you prove that the U has been used in Iraq? I myself personally, personally, measured the radiation in one burnt out troop carrier in the center of Qibla, which is one district in Basra. And the children were playing around there. And the Geiger counter was screaming because the the indicator went beyond beyond the range. No comprehensive research has ever been carried out documenting the health issues that plague Iraqi civilians who lived amongst the fighting. Dr. Abdul Razak al-Salman lives in Babel province and has been documenting the cases he has seen. I think the reason could be the contamination in the environment that results from the use of weapons, or it could simply be food pollution or normal poison or some other factors in our environment. No one can prove the cause without solid research. Years after these powerful weapons were used to destroy battlefield artillery, The post-war landscape remains a toxic wasteland. But without a comprehensive study into the health of civilians in post-war Iraq, the full legacy of depleted uranium munitions will remain a mystery. Mus'ab Jassim, Al Jazeera. Well, well, well. That's sad. Sad, sad, sad that all that cancer-causing material thrown on the Iraqis, shot at the Iraqis, and others, now it's being sent to Ukraine. But of course, they didn't care about doing comprehensive studies, even though there's all kinds of medical journals and the the cancer rates skyrocketing in certain areas. Just like the French irradiated most of Tahiti, French Polynesia, with their nuclear testing, and they didn't even formally apologize. And they don't want to teach history, quote-unquote critical race theory or whatever, in schools. You wonder why? Because the the institutions that are in power have done so many ghastly things that when you dig deep, you're going to walk around with a cloud over your head saying, I got to do something all day. How can I go to my insurance job and punch papers other than the noble goal of feeding my family with the notion that everything I'm working for is a bunch of lies at the the federal level when it comes to how we are treating people overseas, especially people of color. And if you can't make the connection between the domestic policy and the international policy, then we have to go back to critical thinking in grade school, which we really do in this country, because there is a direct connection between the weapons industry that's sending weapons all over this world with no regulation and the weapons here at home that have no regulation that go end up going into our schools and being shooting up innocent kids at the hands of deranged individuals that also made it through our school system and i I said that not too long ago 
And someone said, oh, that's that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. There's you got to separate the two. You got to separate the domestic policy and the foreign policy. The fact that this country goes around the world killing Iraqis, people in Afghanistan, Vietnamese, Grenadians, Nicaraguans, Panamanians, wanting to kill Iranians, on and on and on, going back, Guatemalans, Chileans. The fact that this country goes around and has gone around the world doing that, along with Western Europe and with Europe, and people can't make the connection, the militarism abroad, to the racism and the violence at home, they can't make that connection. The profit-making motive of guns, of weapons, sending weapons around the world to kill and using militarism. George Bush told Nestor Kirchner in 2000, I think it was 2008, somewhere around then, he told Nestor Kirchner told Oliver Stone that the U.S. economy has grown strong on war. And Oliver Stone said, he said what? He said, the, he, Kirchner said those were his exact words. People better wake up because the people running the show, no matter what they say to you, oh, we care for you, vote for us. We care for you, we vote for us, poor people, people of color. They don't care for you. They don't care for you. If they cared for you, you wouldn't be afraid to drink the water in Jackson, Mississippi. You wouldn't be still being harassed by police officers because of the color of your skin. You wouldn't be 16 years old and sleeping in a homeless shelter or in a tent or under a bridge. You wouldn't have schools with no windows. You wouldn't be denied health care because you're on the wrong insurance plan or you have no insurance and can't afford insurance. You wouldn't be wondering if you can afford your prescription medication. Because this government has all kinds of money. All kinds of money. So much money that they can give Ukraine a blank check. Billions after billions. Oh, here's another billion. Oh, you want another billion? Here's another billion. Here's another 10 billion. Here's another 5 billion. As long as it takes, as President Biden says, They got money, just not for you, the poor people of this country. Just not for you. And this is true whether it's Republican or Democrat. Sorry, sorry, I I wish I had better news. You know, this is speaking over decades and decades and decades. Yeah, there are little differences. One's might be, have some kind of crazy rhetoric. But when it comes to justice, sorry, you got no good option there. You got no good option. The option is prayer and speaking the truth and being a witness. Being a witness to the to the truth, to the gospel message, to the human dignity. And there's nothing dignified. There's nothing about the gospel message about sending depleted uranium to Ukraine to prolong a proxy war. It's not like this country has even tried a diplomatic blitz. Has Western Europe even tried a diplomatic blitz? They almost had a peace deal in Turkey in April 2022 and you had Boris Johnson on orders from Washington go over there and scuttle that deal because they think they can defeat or hurt Russia. 
They know they can't defeat Russia. Now they just want to hurt it. But in the end, they're just kind of shooting themselves in their own foot because we got massive problems here. Massive problems. Anybody say, oh, Biden's so bad. We'll wait till we get in, the Republicans, and this this guy or that guy. Please, please, please. It's systemic. It's systemic. And obviously, when it's systemic... They're going to be people that don't want you to teach that in their schools. They don't want you to mention it on their airways because those schools, those school systems, they get federal funding. Those media companies, they're the same corporations that lobby Capitol Hill. And so they're controlling the narrative. And so when one of their client state who needs to be armed, no matter how much evidence there is that there is a Nazi problem in that country, with a funded neo-Nazi battalion in its military. No mention it. Don't mention it. There's a Jewish president over there. Like like every Jew in the in the world is got the interest of Jews or in this case ethnic Russians. That there are no fascist Jews in this world. I beg to differ. Take a look at Israel. There's plenty of fascism going on there. What would you call the treatment of the Palestinians? What would you call spitting on Christians in Jerusalem? That's not all Jews, but that doesn't mean there are not a lot that fit that bill. And in this case, Zelensky fits that bill. So they're going to lie to you. They're going to say, no, don't look there. No Nazis there. No depleted uranium. Depleted uranium doesn't cause cancer, they say. Despite the skyrocketing cancer rates in Fallujah, and babies being deformed, born deformed. Shame. Shame. Shame on you. You know, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? President Biden, you're a professed Catholic. You advocate for abortion. You prolong this proxy war that kills hundreds of thousands of people, sending cluster munitions and sending the depleted uranium. You will know my followers, Christ said, by their fruit. Either President Biden is not a Catholic or he's using that as an identity for electoral purposes because there's nothing Catholic or Christian about the policies that are being put forth. I want to hear your comments on this. Let me know. one 871 paul Leave me a voice message. You can also send me a comment at comments at ionglobalpolitics.com. We're out of time. Have a wonderful weekend. And as always, keep the faith. You're tuned in to the Eye on Global Politics radio show. Coming at you live from the heart of Oregon's Willamette Valley. Broadcasting around the world on eyeonglobalpolitics.com. Like a broken record, we play this song again. Though our past is checkered, there is hope.
missing out.